All right. Once again, welcome, everyone. And how you doing? I'm Russ Salzberg, along with my buddy today, Lance Meadow. And it is welcoming you once again to Big Blue Kickoff here on Giants.com. The number, as always, to call is 201-939-4513. And, uh, well, there's no, it's no secret. The next game is Monday night. And uh, the motto, the phrase, whatever you want to say, Lance, is win by any means necessary. By any means necessary, just win the damn game. 100%. Listen, when you're 1-5, I think you've got to be creative. You've got to find various ways to put together that complete game. That's exactly what this team is searching for, Russ. There's no doubt about that. And you get an Atlanta team as we look ahead to the Monday night contest, which is one of the most explosive offensive teams in the NFL. They're coming off of an offensive clinic in which they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Bucs nearly won it on a very fluke play where they were trying to lateral it to Deshaun Jackson. So, you know, the Giants, they're going to have to find ways to manufacture more points. It goes without saying. But, you know, the defense has now given up, Russ, over 30 points in the last few contests as well. So, you know, like I say about every single game and everybody wants to look for a scapegoat, there's a variety of ways that you could point to as to how the Giants have lost games this season. It's not just necessarily one facet. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I don't think there's a scapegoat. I think... You, you know, and Pat Sherman said it, you, you can spread it out to oh, everybody. Yeah. The guy who's being made to be the scapegoat is Eli Manning. And that, you, you see me on Twitter, I, I've said it on my podcast, I, I've said it on my blog, that is BS. You know, if you want to criticize Eli, that's fine. Eli is a big boy, he can take the heat, it comes with the territory, he's the quarterback, okay? However... I, and I said this last week, the same people, the same people who were in an uproar last year when they tried to bench oh, yeah. Eli at 2-9, they were the same people this year who were calling for him to be discarded. Forget 1-5 and five at 0-2. Oh so let's stop with the scapegoat and, and the hypocritic nonsense, okay? Eli, everybody, everybody needs to play better. Everybody. We, we, we get that. And if no, there is no improvement, obviously somewhere down the road there's going to be some changes. But the scapegoat business, I, I'm glad you used that term because that's just what's annoying me. Like, like enough already. It, it's just become too much. I, I have no problem with anybody criticizing Eli, the Giants. N nobody's going to complain about that. Nobody in a Giant organization is, go is going to complain about that. The, the owner, the president... John Mara was asked at the owners' meetings today, or, you know, yesterday, whenever it was, he was asked, you know, how he feels about 105. He's d disappointed and embarrassed. I is that blasphemy? Like, oh, my God, look <laughs> what the owner said? No. R really, Lance, what the hell 100%. is he supposed to say? I'm happy? I'm enjoying this? It's like when you ask a player and he is asked before the season starts, Russ, well, what are your expectations for the team? And the guy says, I think we're going to be in position to win the division. And then people interpret that as, well, that's the player bragging. What is he supposed to say? I feel like we're going to finish in last place heading into the season. Of course, it's stating the obvious, but John Mara voiced today when he spoke at the owners' meetings, as you mentioned, that how would he describe the 1-5 start? Disappointed. You know, also pointed to the fact that Eli Manning is getting pounded 
that was a term that he used in terms of the criticism. But listen, you could point fingers at every facet of this team. I've said that time and time again. And there's nothing wrong, Russ, while we're on the topic, in saying Eli Manning needs to play better, which he would be the first one to admit. But at the same time, other people on this team have to play better too. To say that they're 1-5 simply because of Eli Manning is not taking into consideration the other facets of this team. The other facets of offense, what's going on with the defense, and the fact that the special teams unit has been very up and down and hasn't provided much of a spark for this team. But nobody wants to talk about that. They want to put everything on the quarterback. And I brought this up on Twitter. I'm going to emphasize it again here today, Russ. Marcus Mariota is a mobile quarterback. You know, for everybody that wants to run through this narrative that yeah, you ahead. need a mobile quarterback to win in this league, or forget winning, you need a mobile quarterback to have a productive offense. Marcus Mariota, the Tennessee Titans, they went up against Baltimore Ravens on Sunday, Russ. He was sacked 11 times in that game. 11 times, Russ, he that, was that, That's your mobile, mobile quarterback. Yeah. So to say that, oh, a mobile quarterback is going to cover up everything, he may be able to extend plays. There's no doubt about that. But to say that all of a sudden you have a productive offense because your quarterback's mobile, Tennessee, I would argue, has got a better offensive line than the Giants, Russ. And they still gave up 11 sacks, and he had nowhere to run. Yeah, so. no, l listen, again, Eli, everybody needs to play better. But this business, and, and then, you know, uh, I don't have the phrase right in front of me. Uh, John Marrow also said at the owners' meeting, he asked about um, Odell. Yeah. Well, I don't know what the exact phrase was. Basically, he said, make more noise. On more the playing field. and less talking. More, more playing and less talking. Yeah. He did not say, folks, don't read into, oh, you know, they're thinking, oh, watch tomorrow. Oh, Eli, um, Odell. Well, are, are they thinking of moving him? Are they regretting the deal? It's none of that. You know what? Yeah. Everybody else is saying the same thing, so why shouldn't the owner say, say the same thing? A little less chatter, a little more production on the field. And, and why is it directed at Odell? Because basically he's been the only guy talking. But I will say this. Another guy who was talking out of his locker today was um, Sterling Shepard. And Sterling Shepard was emphatic because, I, again, I thought that was a lot of BS last week when, when some story came out that there are receivers on the team according to a source. You know, everybody's got a source. You know, the, my grandma, my grandpa, everybody, uh, everybody's got a source. They got the make-believe sources, yeah, too. Everybody, yeah, that, that some receivers on a team are complaining about Eli. Well, Sterling Shepard was at his locker vehemently, you know, vehemently saying, he's our quarterback, he's been our quarterback, that's it, we're all behind him. So, you know... Well, and when Pat Shermer spoke last week, Russ, it was the Friday press conference. Yes. It was right after the Thursday night game. A big part of the questioning was, would they consider a change at quarterback? And Pat Shermer emphatically stated, Eli is still the guy, and we believe in Eli. We believe in Eli. So, I mean, all this speculation, I understand fans are irritated, and they want to make a change. And if the Giants decide they want to go in a different direction after the season, so be it. But right now, despite the fact that the offense is struggling and even Eli Manning, to his own admittance, would say he needs to play better, I would make the point that Eli Manning is still the best option on this team to play the quarterback position. That doesn't mean he's the best option two or three years down the road or next season. That's something that the organization is going to have to determine. Right now, if we're putting things in perspective for the short term, Eli Manning right now is the best option for this team. No, I couldn't agree with you more. No, let, let's put in, in, fair, in fairness to the young man, let's put in Kyle Loletta. Let's put in a rookie quarterback, okay, with zero experience, and then have him killed, literally have him killed and his confidence destroyed after two games. Because I will tell you something right now. 
if he was getting hit the way Eli's been getting hit, he would not have any confidence. And the media would be all over him. Well, we know after two games, he's no good. I mean... Well, because they play judge, jury, and executioner. Exactly. Kyle Aletta, as you mentioned, has not one regular season appearance. And let's go a step further. I mean, Alex Tanney technically is the backup quarterback right now, Russ, who's got more veteran experience than Kyle Aletta. Alex Tanney has thrown 14 regular season passes. 14 regular season passes. That's his entire resume with respect to the regular season. So anybody pointing out that they want to change quarterbacks is pointing to the fact, well, Russ, Tanny and Kyle Oletta can run. They're mobile. They can extend plays. They can roll out of the pocket. That's your only selling point with respect to both of those quarterbacks. The experience factor is nothing compared to Eli Manning, and you have nothing to go by in terms of them completing passes, moving the chains, and having continuity in offense. There's nothing to go by that. It's pure speculation. That's all anybody can argue at this point. You know what, uh, Lance? Giant fans have fortunately been spoiled. When I say spoiled, that they ha haven't had to deal really. For, for, well, it started last year, you know, at two and nine with the benching, but but they haven't had to deal like for fourteen, fifteen years with a quarterback controversy, which and a is lot, a luxury in this league. Uh, exactly, and a lot of a lot of organizations go through that so you know and in fairness and we're part of it the media eats up quarterback controversies it's like giving somebody a script to to write an academy award motion picture they love it they absolutely love it. they fell from it as as they say oh 100 percent. but here's the other thing russ when a team is one in five drama all it's That's what doing you want is drama. it's adding fuel yeah, to the fire. Exactly. But it's convenient to have the drama right now. So the team is not playing well, and therefore controversy gets stirred up. The pot is stirring, and you know we're just adding more ingredients each and every loss. That's essentially what's happening. But that doesn't mean that that's the reality of what exactly is transpiring in the locker room, that there's a team that's falling apart and there's drama and people are annoyed with one another and so forth. You can watch the games and you can see that there are shortcomings with this team and there are issues in terms of execution. You don't need to have an ear in the locker room. Your eyes don't lie. There has been points to focus on, on offense, on defense, and special teams. I say that every single week, and people still just want to focus on the quarterback. The Giants' defense gave up over 30 points against the Eagles, Russ. Eli Manning had nothing to do with that. The special teams, okay, you had another muffed return and an opportunity, perhaps, to gain some favorable field position. Eli Manning had nothing to do with that. I just want to interject yeah. one thing, because you brought up the, the um, special teams a couple of times uh, since we you know, got here today. The special teams, again, it, we say it's everybody. We're not, I'm not scapegoating anybody because nobody deserves to be scapegoated, but the special teams haven't helped. I, I mean, the offense has really never been given the advantage of good starting position. You know, not once. Or if once, you know, very few times. And, you know, when a team is struggling, you can use that boost. They haven't gotten that either. So, Or even a takeaway. Exactly. To give your offense back the football. I mean, that is another thing where there's been opportunities. The Saints game, I keep saying it like I'm a broken record, two opportunities where the Saints put the ball on the ground off of returns and the Giants couldn't recover. So... 
the point that I'm making, getting back to special teams, which I think is tied in, is not to sit here and defend Eli Manning and tell you he's the greatest quarterback in the league and he's the best quarterback in the league. The point is that there are other issues on this team outside of the offense, and in the short term, as I mentioned, Eli Manning is the best option at quarterback. That doesn't mean that he is penciled in and we know how much longer he's going to be the quarterback just right now. People want to speculate all they want, and you'll have the entire offseason to do that, Russ. As it stands right now, heading into Monday night against the Atlanta Falcons, Eli Manning's the quarterback, and they've got to fix other issues on this team. And having said that, the number is 201-939-4513. Got to remind you folks that Big Blue Kickoff Live here is presented, as always, by Coors Light. So download the Coors Light Rewards app to win amazing Giants prizes throughout the season. Again, the number is 201-939-4513. We open up the phone lines Dylan in Canton, New York, has been waiting patiently. So let's start with Dylan. Dylan, how you doing today? You're on with Russ and Lance. Dylan. Hey guys, how's it going today? Doing all right, How Dylan. you doing, Dill? Uh, just had a couple things I saw today that um, we added a couple players due to, I think it was Cody Latimer and Ray Ray Armstrong. Both placed on IR, IR. correct. IR. Yeah. Latimer's got the hamstring yeah. injury and uh, Armstrong the concussion. Yeah, and both players, that, you know, I mean, they've they've done well. At least Ray Ray Armstrong's done well, and I thought really highly of Cody Latimer. So um, it stinks to see him go down. Um, but and the one um, cut that I was surprised with was Dante Dion being released. I, I um, was a little surprised about that as well. Besides the fact that he's one of my favorite people in the <laughs> locker room, but that's that's no reason to keep him. I mean, you know, I'm just saying. But I was a little surprised about that as well. Yeah, same here. I always, I liked him in preseason, and I liked when he was making, you know, he did make a lot of plays. And um, my one question is, because I'm, I'm not really familiar with it, but with Latimer and Ray Ray Armstrong being sent to IR, is there a chance they can come back during the season, or well, are they there? you got to sit out, to answer your question, Dylan, you got to sit out eight weeks. So you do the math right now. Yeah, it's possible they could come back, but if they come back, we're talking about what? Game 15, game 16. Yeah, I, so at, at that point, I, I don't know what the likelihood of the Giants making a roster move to bring them back at that point. You know, you know it's again, I'm not speculating on what's going on, but they would have to have the Giants a big-time turnaround to be put into yeah. uh, put themselves into contention. Now, in that kind of situation, you know, okay, then you're making moves right to the very end. But uh, I, I, I kind of agree with um, – uh, Lance here, that wouldn't, you know, wouldn't be likely to me, not at game 15 anyway. Now, related to that, I'm glad actually Dylan brought up those transactions. We should mention, Russ, Benny Fowler was one of the guys that was added to the roster. Yes. And he's a wide receiver, was with the Broncos, also has return experience. So even though they lose Latimer, they bring in a guy that has the ability to return kickoffs and punts and also can be a uh, complimentary wideout and was with Tyke Tolbert, the Giants wide receivers coach in Denver. So there's another connection to the coaching staff. They at least have another body that they can throw in there to make up for the loss of Cody Latimer. Okay, Dale? Yep. Yeah, I just have uh, one more. Go ahead. Um, obviously, the, the Falcons have a pretty high-powered offense with a lot of weapons. Um, what, what do you guys think they will, they will do? I mean, I know they have uh, Jack Rabbit, Eli Apple, B.W. Webb. Um, but with Dante Dion leaving, um, who who do you think would possibly fill in for him if you know when he comes on the field normally? Thanks for the call, Dill. Appreciate the call, Dylan. Well, yep. I think you're going to have to go into the depth chart and some of the new guys who, if you remember, were added to the roster 
right after they initially finalized the 53. A guy like Antonio Hamilton, who they brought in from the Raiders. Cameron Moore is another defensive back. You may see both of those players start to get more reps. But, I mean, those are the first two guys that come to mind when you look at the depth chart here. I think you do bring up a good point. Atlanta is not a team where it's just, hey, we got to worry about Julio Jones. Mohamed Sanu and Calvin Ridley are just as explosive players. Now, I know both of them came up banged up in the Bucks victory, so we'll have to look at the injury report. I'm not hearing anything that they're in danger of missing the Monday night game, but yeah, this is going to put the Giants secondary under a lot of pressure because this is not just a one-man offense, not to mention also guys like Tevin Coleman can catch the ball out of the backfield. So this is going to be a true test for the entire secondary, not just one player in particular. But to answer your question, Dylan, I think you're looking at some of the guys that haven't seen much playing time have been inactive in uh, Hamilton and Moore. Probably going to have to step up a bit. All right, 201-939-4513 is the number. Let's go to Delaware and speak with our buddy, Coach Marvin. What's up, Coach? You're on with Russ and Lance today. How you doing, Russ and Lance? Doing well, buddy. What's What do you got for us today, Coach? Uh, well, let's just talk about this Eli thing. I mean, it's, it's tough to watch, and it's not Eli or Eli's fault. I mean, everybody knows the front. The front line on the defensive offensive side of the ball is what's going to help you be successful or not successful. Whether you have a mobile quarterback or not, it still helps dictate what's going to happen with your offense. Right. And and my thing is, if you look at Eli and let's just say, this is just like a question for the fans. If you look at every team in the NFL, maybe there's about 20 teams Eli could play for and perform. And I'm wondering if anybody believes that's true or not. And I believe it's true. There's about there's a good 20 teams. If he was on any of those teams, you put him on Dallas, do you think he would perform at a top level? I believe he would. You put him on Jacksonville, you think he would perform at a top level? I think he would. Um, you, you, you put him on New Orleans, do you think he would perform at a top level? I think he would. So that tells you that he, he must still have something. So. You know, Coach, uh, just to interject something there, uh, I was sitting, you know, watching a game with um, Jeff Eagles, who I was on with here last week. Uh, We were watching a game in the press box, and I I said to Jeff, after a while, watch this. And I would go like this. Eli would take the snap, and we'd go, I'd go like this. One Mississippi, two Mississippi. And I couldn't get out to Mississippi before he was smacked. And, and he was sacked four times, and there was something like 17 hits. 13 so, quarterback hits, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I don't care who you are. You know, I don't care if scrambling Fran Tarkington was back there. He'd still get knocked on his ass, for lack of a better term. Right, right. And, and they're not running the ball as consistent as we would like. And there's a lot going on, as Lance said, special teams. The defensive side of the ball, they're, they're not – I don't see the exotic blitzes that I was anticipating that I will see. I don't see free runners at the um, at the, uh, the opponent's quarterback to where they sent for, but it was such an exotic um, blitz that the other team didn't pick it up. It's like they – whatever blitz they're doing getting picked up. Um, so they're not turning the ball over to shorten the field. They're not doing anything special teams short in the field, so I agree with Lance on that. Um, but far as for a whole team, with the what I'm hearing about the talking and, and Mr. Meyer already addressed it, 
my thing is with my teams, what I used to say, there's three people there's three people that can come in a locker room and destroy the locker room that's on a team. And those three people are me, myself, and I. If yeah. those three guys go up in a locker room, it's going to be a tough season for you. And uh, we can't allow those guys to come in the locker room, not those three guys to come in the locker room. So I just wanted to put that out. And uh, you guys have a good day. It's always great to talk to you. Hi, Marvin. Right back at you, Appreciate Coach. Thank you very much. You know, yeah. very, mu- very much. You know, Coach Marv always, it's a common sense approach. Yes. And, you know, you can tell he's an old school coach, but uh, it's a common sense approach. Well, and, and he- here's the other thing that I wanted to add to what Marvin just bro- brought up, Russ, is the fact that when Eli Manning has the opportunity to throw the football, I go back to the Carolina game. He threw a 33-yard touchdown pass to Odell Beckham, which was perfectly placed, and Odell was double-teamed on that. And then, if you recall, he threw a 40-yard pass. Initially, it was 55-yard to Russell Shepard because he then got up and ran into the end zone, and they ruled him down because he wasn't deep touched. So if people want to say, you know, Eli Manning is not the Eli Manning of old, I'm not going to disagree with anybody there. But to say that he doesn't have the arm strength to still throw the football or the ability to get the ball down the field, then how do you explain what he did a few weeks ago, we're talking about the Carolina Panthers. I'm not talking months ago. I'm not talking years ago, Russ. I'm talking a few weeks ago. The guy needs time to throw the football. He's not mobile. He never was mobile. For people to expect him to now run around and do things that he's never done in his career is the most ridiculous thing I have ever heard. Besides the two touchdown passes, wasn't there a touchdown pass that was dropped by Odell? Well, well that was know. earlier in the game. You talk about it in the early end zone. Game. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, listen. When he was 25 for 29 a few weeks back. Against the Houston Texans. Uh, down yeah. in Texas. People were crowning him. For that he's two, back. 297 yeah. and yeah. 200. Come on. It, it's just, you, you, you know what? I'm so glad you used that phrase at the beginning. Let's stop with the scapegoating BS because that's all it is. Well, because fans are frustrated. Oh, and, and, I'm not, and, just, no, no. Don't just lay, let's not lay it on the fans. I'm laying it, a lot of it on the media. Well, no, it's a combination. A lot, of, a lot of hypocritical media. It's a combination of everything. But, you know, I mean, just the conversations that are occurring on social media, when a team doesn't play well, in any team sport, people want to simplify things and find one individual. So if you remove that individual, Russ, from the makeup of the team, then everything else goes away. So there's a lot of people out there that are thinking, you take Eli Manning out, you put Alex Tanney or Kyle Laletta in, now all of a sudden, this is maybe a 3-3 three and three team. This is not a 1-5 and five team. And once again, I, I don't understand how people come up with that logic. They're entitled to their opinion, like everybody else is. But if you look at this team as a whole, there are fundamental issues across the board that go way beyond the quarterback play. Yeah, you know what they say about opinions. Everybody's got one, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I, I know where you're going to go with that. Unfortunately, we want to keep the conversation let's, PG-13. Let, that's it. Yeah. I'm just saying. Oh, that, I know exactly where you're like. going, Russ. I was going to say it, too, but I had to hit the self-edit button. Yeah, but yeah. It's a, your, your, your edit button is a little <laughs> more tame than mine. Yeah, that's fair. Anyway, yeah. let's uh, stay here in New Jersey, go to Hugo. How are you, Hugo? You're on with Russ and Lance. Hey, good afternoon, guys. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Hey, you know, when it comes to Eli, I, I take a, a very balanced, I think a very balanced view. I mean, Eli gives us the best opportunity to win this year, and he, he did last year. There's no better option. I don't want to see Alex Tanney. I don't want to see Kyle Aletta. I mean, Kyle Aletta would be the option if you just want to tank the season, go in there and lose every other game of the year, right? So if you're in that situation, you want to tank the season, put Kyle Aletta in. However, 
the the elephant well, in the room can with I, Eli. Hugo, can it, I just let me let me just say something, then then you can you can continue. I don't know what's going to happen. I expect Eli to be the guy behind calling signals. In fairness, I I, I don't like especially with this organization. This organization would never do anything with the mindset to tank a season. Yeah. If they want to look at Loletta for whatever reason, like you and I could agree that we don't want to see that, but if they want to look at Loletta, they want to look at him to ascertain what they have for the future. So their mindset would not be to tank a season. Let, let me just get that Or straight. if there's a lopsided game yeah. at some point yeah. this year and they want to give him the last two series or two, certainly you yeah. could see that perhaps happening. Yeah, that, I mean, that's just window yeah. dressing. Right. Uh, yeah. you know, okay. that's, that's not football. That's just clean-up work. Okay. How, however, when it comes to Eli, I think the, the elephant in the room is the fact that he is taking up 22 or $23 million dollars a salary cap, and the one thing I would disagree with the coach on is I'm not sure he could play for 20 teams in the league. I see him more as a bottom third quarterback, kind of bordering on journeyman right now. And you can win with that type of quarterback, but a lot of things have to be right around him. He's got to have a good offensive line. He's got to have good weapons. He's got to have, you know, complementary football. So that's really the problem. I mean, I always think of the market test. If you put Eli at his current salary up for a trade, would there be any takers? And I would venture to say that would be very little if any takers. Well, well but, but so, that also depends upon which team has the need. Anybody who's going to go for Eli is going to go for Eli, or, or if, if that would be the case based on your logic, the logic would be to a team that is like a win now. We got oh, a chance of course. to win a, a contender now. Yeah. So that depends how much he's worth to them. If if a, if listen, any GM Hugo, any GM, whether it's you're drafting a GM, whether you're drafting a quarterback or you're trading for a quarterback, what is the prerequisite? The number one question that they want answered is: Can this guy take us? To win a Super Bowl. That is the number one on every GM's mind. Can this guy take us to win a Super Bowl? So if Eli was going to a team, it would be somebody who might be willing to in that situation. You're not, not going to go to a half-assed average team. No, because they're going to develop a young quarterback, especially if they're not in a position where they can contend for a Super Bowl. I think any team that would acquire Eli Manning at this point, Hugo, is going to be a team to Russ's point that you feel your team is very good and you just want to upgrade your quarterback position. You know, so, for example, if you look at the top of the standings right now, you'd have to find the team. I mean, Jacksonville is a team I know is always thrown out there because of the Tom Coughlin ties. If the Jaguars woke up one day and said, you know what, we don't like what we're seeing out of Blake Bortles anymore, we still think this defense and the rest of this unit is great, would they entertain that? I don't think that's a stretch, but the point is, yes, there's not going to be a lot of teams, I would agree with you, that are going to want to acquire Eli Manning especially when he's at the tail end of his career, he's up there in age. Why would I give yeah. valuable prospects away, Hugo, for a quarterback yeah. that I'm renting for maybe the remainder of this season or perhaps for one year? So absolutely, the market's going to be minute. It's going to be yeah. almost non-existent. Yeah. So, so the way, the same way other teams think about Eli should be the same the way we think about Eli. Well, but see, right? I di that that I disagree yeah, with. I, I I don't think that just because other teams are not knocking down the door for Eli Manning doesn't mean that the Giants have to view it that way. The Giants have to view it as this season. 
based on who they have on the roster, who gives them the best oh, opportunity yeah, yeah, no, to I, win I, games. That's the first thing I said. That's what uh, they have I, to look I'm, at. I'm thinking yeah. a little bit. I'm thinking beyond this. Well, but, well, as I said at the beginning of the show, Hugo, I said that's a that's a separate conversation for the Giants to have. At the end of the season, they're going to have to reevaluate a lot. And there's nothing wrong with them looking at their options on the roster, looking who's going to be a free agent, looking at the draft, and then saying, hey, maybe we want to go in a different direction. I'm speaking right now in the short term. The short term right now, Eli Manning is the best option at quarterback. It's a completely different conversation after this season. Thanks for the yeah. call, Hugo. Appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. Okay, you. You know, the one thing about the Giants, what, what, you know, you use the phrase, that's a, a you know, discussion for after the season uh, about changes with anybody. Understand this, folks. The Giants this season, they're always looking at making changes if it makes the team better. Listen, after they put their 53 on the roster at the beginning of the season, when they opened it up, when they broke training camp, there were six guys right away that came in. Uh, there were ch six changes made right away. Were they not? Yeah, so, uh, very okay. quickly. And, and they're bringing in people all the time. So the Giants are always looking. They're always bringing in people to look at on, on the normal day off Tuesday, which is was not this week because of the Monday night game. Which is typical for every team. Yeah, yeah. You always work I mean, guys I mean, out. You're, you're always to stay looking updated. to improve. So it's not just because you they might not be making the changes that you want or you, you think about or your home play and general manager about. It doesn't mean they're not thinking about changes. They're always thinking about making the team better. Though, though at the same time, you just have to be realistic. They're making changes for guys on the back end of the roster. At this time sure. of the year, though, you're not finding Aaron Rodgers on the street and saying, Aaron, come on in, and we're going to put you in under center. So, you know, you have to put things in perspective. If there's going to be changes, it's going to be like what we saw today. Benny Fowler comes in to replace an injured player who perhaps can help fill in where the other guy left off. Those type of things. Speaking of Aaron Rodgers, wait, did you see that? Another night? great comeback, yeah. My Absolutely. goodness gracious. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, let's go to our buddy in Columbia, Maryland, Len. Len, you're on with Russ and Lance. How you doing, my friend? Good, good, good. Good to talk to you. Thanks for taking my call. Um, you know, I was doing a little count. This is not, not a scientific count. I was doing it in my mind. Um, since that, the initial 53 settled down, I know, Russ, you talked about the changes that took place right away. But once we went into that Jacksonville game with a 53-man roster, we, we've now added 10 players. I think we're up to 63 right. who have actually been part of the 53. And, heck, we're only six weeks into the season. Well, I mean, you had that, a lot of guys get hurt, too, Len, so that's why. <laughs> I mean, injuries happen, and obviously you're yeah. going to have to replace those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And speaking of injuries, Lance, I wanted to go back to something that uh, you mentioned last week. I don't know what day we, we talked, either Thursday or Friday of last week, but you were talking, you were talking about the tight ends. And, uh, you know, the loss of Ellison and uh, Ingram. And, um, you know, at least for that game, hopefully we'll be okay coming up on Sunday. And, and let me just cut on, you off uh, there, Len. Monday. Pat spoke to the media today and said he's encouraged that both of them should be ready to go for Monday good. because they both got on the practice field. Yeah, just to interject yeah, yeah. there. Yeah. That's, that's, that's good. That's good. And I was just going to mention, Lance, uh, to me, um, I, I thought the Ellison loss was tougher than the Ingram loss. Um, 
I mean, Ingram's a good player. I'm not knocking Ingram, and I don't want to make a choice between the two. But I thought Eli was hurt more by the Ellison loss than he was by, than he was by the Ingram loss. Well, he's loss. the best blocking tight end on the roster. So when you remove yeah. him from the equation and you remove Evan Ingram, which they had been out without him for a few weeks, but, yeah, you remove yes. the best blocking tight end, which is an extra insurance policy yes. for the O-line, I don't think that's a stretch at all. Uh, you know, Len... That kind of situation, I understand what you're saying, it, it, but it's almost six of one, half a dozen of the other. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it, I agree. It depends what, you know, I, I agree with that. what you're trying right, to a do. A couple of other quick points. Um, you, you know, you know, going into Monday night, a couple of things I'd, you know, I'd like to see. Um, I, you know, I'd like to see more of the fullback on the field. I'd, I'd like to see a fullback field. I'm not, I'm not talking about, you know, 35 plays, but 10 or 12 plays, if we're going to commit to the run – let, I mean, let's get this fullback on the field. You know, he, he has accumulated some NFL numbers. He's caught some passes. He's gained some yardage on the ground. I think he played three plays the other night. I was kind of looking for him in the Eagles game when I, you know, I, when I, went, um, I went on game pass and watched the replay. Um, you know, he made a couple of pretty good blocks. I'd, I'd like to see, you know, if we're going to commit to the run, let's, let's get a fullback on the field and put him out there for 10 to 12 plays and run the ball and, you know, see whether he can knock anybody over and Barkley get a few extra yards, maybe even break one. You, you, know, you know what, Len? You come from the same place, though, I do, and, and the game has changed, and I don't necessarily like it. You know, like we call it a copycat league and a lot of stuff. Yes. Yes. And listen, I grew up with, you know, like, for example, Horning and Taylor. Son oh Sanka kick and Mercury Morris. And, oh boy. and it, we, right, you know, Blyer and, and Franco Harris, we can go on and on. And yeah. if somebody had the, the wherewithal and the guts to do that again and, would, and if it could be successful again, you might see more of it again. But, you know, I just don't see it happening. That's all. Well, here's, yeah. here's well, the other thing, teams, Len. A couple of teams will put a fullback out there for more. And by the way, since you mentioned Taylor's name, God bless. Because, uh, as you know, Jim Taylor passed away within the last couple of days. And it's, it's hard to imagine, Russ, what you, you were talking about. You know about, what? That, that, was a, that, was a, that was a time, uh, 1962, Taylor, a fullback, was the most valuable player in the league. How about that? <laughs> so the game really has changed. But Taylor was a terrific player. God bless. Yeah, um, passed away three days ago. But one of the things that I wanted to uh, throw out to you, Len, before you continue, you have to keep in mind – I'm not disagreeing with you about the involvement of the fullback and Elijah Penny, who you're referring to. He wouldn't yes. be on this roster if he could not catch the football because before the season even started, Pat Shermer said the only reason we keep a fullback on this roster is because he can catch the football. So that goes without saying that he has to catch the football. But I think you have to understand the last game, the reason why he didn't play a lot of snaps, they got down very early in that oh, game. Oh, yes, yes. And yes, no, game yes, flow, game like situation. Little, I, I, you know, if we're going to commit to the run, I would just like to see the blocking fullback. Now, you and know, I'm with you. Uh, again, back to, to his NFL statistics, we're probably spending more time on this guy than we should, but I, I just want to make this mention. He has caught the ball in the NFL. Yeah. Remember, the, 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 the fullback who we started the season with went a year and four games without accumulating any yardage. Shane Smith, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, Elijah Penny was on the Cardinals. He's been around yeah. the league, so yeah, it's not yeah. as if and, this and is and first word. And he dressed, and he gained yardage on, on the ground, and he caught some passes and gained yardage that way, too. So I would, and, and, he can, and I think he can block a little bit. All right, Len, I, Len, that's Len. the one thing I'd like to see. Let me ask you, you guys a question. No, hold on, I, one, Len, hold on one second, because I want to yes. ask you a question. And, and believe me, I've been thinking about you for the last couple of days. I mean, r- yes. R- really. You were on with us. I'll, I'll, as, for as long as I do this, I will always remember your phone call last year when you got emotional talking about your quarterback, right. Eli Manning. Right. Tell, right. Me, tell me your gut feeling, what you're going through right now when you hear all this stuff being said about Eli. Well, it's hard to listen to, Russ. It's, it's, it's hard to listen to because of what Lance said. I, I, I would, uh, you know, I think, I, I think Lance was right on. He's the best quarterback on this team. I don't understand the booing. I mean, I don't understand the negativity. He's the best player you got. Cheer him on. I think I told you the story once before, um, guys. You know, I, I go back to Connolly. Nobody got booed worse than Connolly in the mid to late 50s. Um, I mean, you know, it's a terrible situation. But, and I used to sit there in the old Yankee Stadium with my father, and I would turn to him and I'd say, he's our guy. Why are they booing him? I mean, what, what do people think they're doing? This is our best player. He's got a giant uniform on. Cheer for the guy. It's almost like they're trying to, you know, prove a point. It's gone. The, the, the whole thing about being critical of, of Eli is taking on a life of his own. That's on, exactly. Us, as Lance said, he gives us the best chance to win. You, you, you know? That phrase, take it, it's, again, a scapegoat taking on a life of its own. You're 100 Oh, unbelievable. Right. I mean, the whole thing is just, I mean, it's incredible. Uh, he's he's the best quarterback we got. We we got to play him and let's kind of, kind of you know cheer him on a little bit. Get this guy, get this guy going. It's almost like a lot of the fans are just trying to, you know. My point is he's 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 not a good quarterback now, but hey, he's the one we got. All right, and that, I I I asked you the question. Now give us your last <laughs> one because we we got to go to other calls. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, guys. I'll, I'll get you later. In no, the week. no, didn't no, you no, 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 no. Real quick, give, yeah, a, give us your last question okay, before we let okay, you go. Okay, yeah. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I want to say something about the defense. You know, I, I, I think the first caller expressed some disappointment in the fact that we weren't seeing the exotic blitzes and uh, you know defense that we. I don't know if we were promised, but we came to think that that's what we were going to see out of this new defense. I count again, it's not scientific, but 10 guys, you know, it's a 3 4 defense. I think 3 4, I think traditional. I know there's a hybrid angle to this, to this defense that we've got now, but I, I think the traditional 3 4, okay? I, 10 guys put their hands in the dirt on Sunday. I, I mean, it's a 3 4. How can you? It's a 3 4 defense, and 10 guys put their hands in the dirt. I mean, this, you know. Get your three best players out there. Put Tomlinson at end, Hill at end, Snacks in the middle. Get your four best linebackers, including Vernon. He made a difference. He, you know, he's a good player. Vernon's a good player. Well, you oh, he certainly know, made. But uh, he, he definitely made, and he made his presence felt rather early as well. Yeah, right. he sure did. He yeah. sure did. He may have, you know, and, and while it's faded a little bit, he may have gotten a little tired. Oh, he did. I mean, well, I was going to say yeah. that. I think there was a, a lot yeah. of gas in the tank as yeah. the game progressed, which yeah. is understandable. It was his first game back. So you yeah, have to keep yeah, expectations I mean, play, to check. Play those, get your four best linebackers out there, that you think. And, and I mean, this kid, you know, the kid Carter, he, he's having trouble with his hand in the ground. He can't get the, he doesn't have the moves quite yet, you know. But he's got speed. Stand him up. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing, 
here's here's a weird idea, but I wouldn't mind saying two guys with their hand in the dirt and five guys standing up on the line and rushing from that position. I think this it's gotten just seems to me it's gotten a little complicated. It's gotten a little complicated. The other thing I want to see on on Monday night, and I know it's hard. You know the officials are starting this 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 play clock. It seems like it's the fastest I've ever seen the officials start the play clock after a play. Um, you know, I'd like, I'd like to see us, when we get to the line of scrimmage, run the play. Snap the ball and run the play. I'm not saying we've got to be up-tempo. I'm not saying we've got to go into, you know, a mad two-minute offense. But I'd like to see us come up to the line of scrimmage and snap the ball and run the play that's been called. All right, Len. Hi, right, Len. As oh. always, appreciate okay, it, buddy. Hey, Talk thanks to you for time. taking my call. Yeah, thanks for waiting, Len. Thank you. By the Bye-bye. way, speaking of defense, I think uh, R.G. McIntosh is, uh, I believe, working as well. Well, McIntosh is, uh, you're talking about the one who was put on the uh, physically unable to perform list before the start of the season. Yeah. The draft pick out of Miami, R.J. Yeah. McIntosh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's somebody certainly that they had high hopes for. Unfortunately, health issues has kept him sidelined. But I think it was told today, I thought he was working out. Maybe uh, um, I didn't see the latest uh, full practice report. You may be right. The, I didn't see whether or not he was included on there. Yes. But, I mean, I, I think at this point, you know, somebody coming back certainly could be an added bonus, but I don't know if it's necessarily going to be a savior. And I think to Len's point, I, I wouldn't necessarily get caught up, though, with this 3-4 alignment. See, the, the problem is, Russ, when fans see a 3-4, they're expecting every single play. You got three down and you got four back. There's so many hybrid defenses, especially coordinators who run 3-4, is that with the extra defensive back in more often than not because of teams <coughs> rolling out with three wide receivers, it really doesn't matter whether it's a 3-4 or a 4-3 base. It's about getting your best personnel out on the field to match up with what the offense has to showcase. And that's why I don't think you're necessarily always seeing the 3-4 because sometimes James Betcher feels he needs the extra defensive back out there with the additional wide receiver or target for the quarterback that it's just not a good matchup to have an additional linebacker and, out there. And, and Sherm, Pat Sherman said that at the beginning of the season because when everybody, you know, is 3-4 yeah. and everybody's asking. Focusing so much and, and on that. Says, yeah. it, it depends what we're facing. So, again, folks, 201-939-4513 is the number. Got to remind you again, Big Blue Kickoff Live presented to you by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to win amazing Giants prizes throughout this 2018 season. Let's go down to Orlando and check in with Jose. Jose, how you doing today, buddy? You're on with Russ and Lance. Hey, Russ and Lance. How you guys doing today? Doing right, Jose. Awesome. Hey, I just have a couple of topics, and, and you know, I'm, I, they're not emotional topics. I'm a big fan of Eli Manning for many years, even when people started booing him and, and doing well. It's, it's not easy to do what he does, and, and uh, we have to understand that the situation that he's in. Now, with that said, the direction that we're going in in football right now, Russ, I know you mentioned about having the fullbacks in the days of the, having the, the big running backs. And I know San Francisco, I don't know if you guys watched that game, their fullback, they used them really well. Well, because Kyle really Juszczyk well. is, I mean, I followed Kyle Juszczyk when he was in college. He was a member of the Ivy League. So I know exactly who you right. talk about, Jose. He is cut mm-hmm. from a different cloth 
than most fullbacks. So yeah, I'm I'm not I'm right. not getting on you, but you pick the most versatile fullback in the National Football League compared to any other fullback. So the way he was used in college, the way he's used with the Niners is he's almost like an extension of the receiving core because he has the ability to go out there and get out wide and run people over and catch passes sometimes five or ten right. yards down the field. Most fullbacks you're not right. necessarily going to put them in that position. Well, Lance, I'm not talking about what he can't, the capability of, but the, you also have to understand what Kyle Shanahan came. Look at his bloodline is that, you know, the offense that he ran, that his father ran with Denver, the same offensive blocking schemes that they were running a, little, a couple of times during that game. Um, but not to get away from what I wanted to talk about was I know people are talking about uh, Eli Manning and, and how he needs to go and things like that. And you guys are right. He's the best player that we have as far as quarterback, but moving forward the way the game is changing like i'm sure russell you'll probably be able to agree with some of this when eric curiel when that guy came out and changed the game as far as a forward pass how we're moving the game how we're moving the, the offenses change we're changing as far as quarterback play right now and i kind of disagree with what coach said that eli can play for 20 teams i probably can think of two that could be there with elite offensive lines like the well, Dallas Cowboys not elite right now. They had a couple guys missing, but New Orleans is playing really well. Now, to make a long story short, the direction that the NFL is going in, yes, we need a mobile quarterback. I get that. But that also helps as many weapons that you can have on the field via if it were a fullback, like the fullback from San Francisco, or a mobile quarterback that can help your offense with down and distance. And what I mean by that is that there's a coverage that they're playing where the receivers are covered and that quarterback sees a pocket. He can run four or five yards down the field, slide if he needs to not get hit, and you're improving your down and distance from first and ten to second and five. And whenever your numbers help with down and distance and you can help with a mobile quarterback like that, that can help. Now, I know John and Jeff yesterday said something about you can't change the whole offensive line at once. I understand Solder's not a pro ball left tackle, but he was a left tackle in need that we needed at that time. We paid him big money. Now, we can't change the whole offensive line collectively at the same time. That's impossible. We know we have to build that. But next year, moving forward, I am almost 100% sure, I would probably say 85% sure, that we're going to draft either a quarterback or look at trying to have another quarterback that is mobile. Not because this, this, that Eli is a horrible quarterback, he has declined some, but more of the fact that the NFL is transitioning. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't disagree with anything yeah, you're saying, Jose. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't I mean, the, the last two quarterbacks the Giants drafted were mobile in terms of Davis Webb and Kyle Loletta. So, I mean, yeah. that trend has been right. well documented. Yeah. You know what, Jose, i got to ask you a question. I, how old are you? I'm asking for a reason. I'm 50. Okay. So, because you brought up something interesting. Like you said, Air Coriel you know, changed right. the way things are played. I'm going to, I agree with you to a point, but okay. but I'm going to go back before Air Coriel. I'm going to go back to the old AFL. And then when mm -hmm. they joined the league, because the old AFL played the way Air Coriel played. You can talk about right. Joe Namath. You can talk about the Mad Bomber, Daryl LaMonica. You can talk about mm -hmm. John Hadle. You, you know, with Lance Allworth, you, you know what I'm saying? So and then those, that mm -hmm. was fun to watch, boy. That was home run ball. What We weren't talking well, about little uh, completion <laughs> rates of like eight yards. We're talking about, you know, average completion rates of 15 and 20 yards. It was wild. Right, right. But you also have to understand, Russ, that 
although they, we did have a couple of players like that. Now in the NFL, oh, it's different. The players, now. Yeah, the, the, the athletes now are so much oh, more yeah. faster and athletic that the way not taking away from any of our guys that that kind of like cemented the game from where it is. But moving forward, as a Giants fan and as an Eli fan, I I I'm completely fine with. I know Eli's put a lot of. I do see that he's on the decline, and when people say that. He's 100% that all he needs is an offensive line behind him. You need an elite offensive line. We're not going to cut it. Even if you bring in like a right tackle that's awesome, you're still going to need a quarterback that's somewhat mobile just because of what the defenses allow you. The defenses play us. If you see the way the defenses play the New York Giants, is they don't really respect Eli Manning. Yeah, yeah but you know what, Jose? I'm not going to dispute. I, I get what you say. I agree with it to a point. But as I said, I don't know if you heard me this when I said this to – to Lance, when we were mm-hmm. talking, I, I forget who which caller we were talking with. Like I said, right. last week's game, uh, last Thursday night's game, I'm sitting with Jeff Eagles, mm-hmm. and I said, Jeff, watch this. And from the time mm-hmm. the ball was snapped, I went one Mississippi, two Miss, and I couldn't get out the Mississippi because. You got to get the ball out. And, and believe me, I don't care if you yeah. were Bullet Bob Hayes <laughs> in the backfield, you weren't escaping that kind of rush. We're talking about, like Lance said, 13 hits. Four, four sacks. I mean, I don't, I don't care who you are. You know, Lance brought out the point, uh, Mariota, um, 11 mm-hmm. sacks. 11 sacks. Right. And, and well, he, Mariota, he, he, you also, and, and to, to talk about that, Russ, Mariota also doesn't have the weapons the New York Giants have. Mm-hmm. As far as the skill position, yeah, but but wait now, a minute, but what? But see, no, no, but I, I've heard I've heard people bring that up. I disagree with you, Jose. So who cares if he doesn't have the weapons? The point is, you could get a wide receiver to run a slant and try to get rid of the football quickly. There's ways to schematically work around Absolutely. offensive lines that struggle. The point is, he's a right. mobile quarterback. So to your point, if he's able to run for five yards and get in better downs and distances, certainly that was not happening against the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday. That's all. That's my right. point. Right. So, so, so you want to look? Okay, let me ask you this, guys, and and then I know you got other calls yes. that got to come in now because people scream about either get rid of Eli Manning or or just start the whole offensive line now. That so we have to look at something. Well, well, well no, no one, nobody's saying dump the whole offensive line. Hold on a second. Well, we well, said the I, offensive line needs improvement, but a lot of people are saying I don't know if you listened to yesterday's show, no. Russ. John and Jeff were talking about. How some calls are saying, well, the whole offensive line we're supposed to this whole year was built about improving the uh, the offensive line and being better and all that. But you got to understand that these guys are gelling. Yeah, they changed. Well, Jose, they changed all five positions. Yes. <laughs> I mean, right. You know, right. they they, so they made changes to the offensive line. What I'm saying is, in the needs of the future, what the Giants need, and a lot of Giants fans that actually think before they say something. Well, a lot of people say, think before they would say probably something. Probably say, right? Would yeah. probably say yes. Eli Manning is on the decline. Do we need a quarterback for the future? Absolutely. Now, how are we going to figure out if maybe Kyle Loletta is that future? We're going to have to play him in some games because the preseason is no way to evaluate. Yes, he can evaluate in the preseason, but true evaluation comes in game times. Any well, true coach will tell you And that. like I said, Another if the is, opportunity okay. provides itself later on in the season for a lopsided right. game or two and they want to get Kyle Loletta in, that's fine. But when you're 1-5, you're not going to bench Eli Manning and say the season's over. Now let's put Kyle Loletta in so we can determine whether or not he's the future quarterback. Thanks for the call, Jose. I mean, I you know, that, that, that's, that's the realistic part of this. Also, there are teams that drafted quarterbacks out of college and they started them right away when they didn't necessarily have any sample size in the NFL. So there's a variety of ways to skin a cat. 
Nobody says that you've got to follow one blueprint to find your next quarterback. And the reason I bring that up, Russ, is, and we're going to get some more callers here. You know, everybody talks about how the Giants need to find a quarterback through the draft. Maybe they make a trade for a quarterback. Maybe they go out and they sign a free agent who's young. For example, like a Teddy Bridgewater who's going to be a free agent after this year. There's multiple ways to go and find your quarterback. There's no rule book in the National Football League that says, I've got to draft a quarterback, number one overall. I've got to find the quarterback in the third round. I've got to find the quarterback in the second round. There's a variety of ways that teams have gone about acquiring their quarterbacks. So... That doesn't mean that the Giants have to find one blueprint that worked for another team. We'll see how the offseason develops. I think right now we're trying to have the conversation right now. And I don't know how many times i got to continue to repeat it. Alex Tanney and Kyle Aletta are not going to start in place of Eli Manning on Monday night just because people are arguing they need a mobile quarterback in. Yeah, the, the latest um, name that's being bandied about, uh, I, I've read a couple of places. Some people are throwing it out. Jacoby Brissett. Uh, Giants should trade for Jacoby Brissett. They should trade for him. Yeah. Well, I don't know what Brissett's contract is. Now that I think about it, Brissett should be coming towards the end of his rookie deal. So it goes back to my point, Russ. Why would you trade for a guy who would very well hit the free agent market and you could sign them outright? I, I never understand the rationale but because or the he, philosophy he, he, behind he, that. He, to me, what their rationale is, people who are thinking this, let's, you know, they're thinking, let's do it now. I mean, Folks, he's going to have to learn the new offense. Exactly. What do you think he's going to do that in in two days? And, and then they're going to throw him out there? But the other thing is, as we're saying, Eli's the guy right now. That's it. He, you know, and what you just said, what you said at the top of the show, to me, sticks. It's a discussion for after the season. And they, it, when I say they, I'm talking about Pat Shermer. I'm talking about the brass. I'm talking about Dave Gettleman. It's a situation that they have to ascertain. Look. Everybody was applauding. I mean, he, was he the assistant uh, of the year last year? I, I Pat Shermer was Pat the, Shermer, uh, correct, he was the coordinator of the year. Coordinator of the year. He's a uh, uh, offensive uh, guru, quarterback guru. Uh, you People feel that unanimously across the board, okay? So now he comes, and you have a situation where everything is new, and it's six games into a season that where they're coming off 3-13. and 13. Maybe everybody was a little gaga and they expected just because it sounded all nice and sexy that, boy, we got these new guys. We spent a boatload of money, which, listen, I was enthused about it as well. Uh, if I'm not going to sit here and tell you I expected one and five. But you know what? If I was sitting at three and three, I would have been thrilled. If people were thinking that you were going to go from three and 13 to 11 and five, that was unrealistic thinking. You, you just don't improve like that. It, it, it's cockeyed logic. You know, so it's, it becomes a work in progress. But believe me, if Pat Shermer and Dave Gettleman look at the situation and say, this calls for this kind of change at such and such a position, it'll be made. But they're not doing it just because the media or some of the fans think that. And the truth of the matter is, and this is not to be insulting at fans, but this is the way it is. Once a GM or a coach starts making decisions based upon or they're worried about what the media or the fans are going to say, they're dead. No, you they're can never think about the, the court of public opinion. No, you, you, you should gotta, never dictate your thought you, process. You've got to have enough skin and enough 
guts inside to say, I can't think about it, I can't worry about it. If they're gonna boo me, so be it. That's it, that's life in a fishbowl. Such is, it, such is the deal. We got time for one more call. Let's go to Columbus, Ohio. Adam's been hanging on patiently. How you doing, Adam? You're on with Russ and Lance. I'm doing well, guys. How you doing today? Good. All right, Adam. Don't have a lot of time, buddy. What do you got for us? I'll try to make it quick. I was going to talk a little about Eli Manning and kind of what I'd hope to see moving forward, but I think we've exhausted that. So maybe <laughs> I'll just share a couple ideas about Monday night and, and, and keep it pushing. Whatever you want, yeah, pal. Whatever you want, Adam. Well, you know, I think I'm, I'm actually making the trip down to Atlanta this weekend. So, you know, I'm excited to go see the game and the new, the new stadium down there. But I think that uh, – I think we'll be a lot more effective in the red zone and even the green zone with uh, Ellison and Ingram back. I'm hoping that really makes a difference. I think that's something that we were visibly lacking against Philadelphia uh, and even Ingram since he's been out. I, I think it's been pretty, pretty noticeable some of the things that we're not able to do as well. But – what I was thinking was, you know, Lance, you made a good point. You and I talked a little bit about on Twitter about mobility and whatnot in a quarterback. And, you know, you made a good point that we could still scheme around deficiencies in the line or maybe the line isn't playing as well as we hoped. And you've got quicker slants, quicker plays, for four to six yards at a clip. I, I think it looks to me like the, the biggest problem is we're able to do that well and then suddenly – some type of negative play materializes and of just course. kills the whole drive. Yeah, and such as a penalty or a false start, exactly. and then you go backwards five or ten yards, yeah. Exactly. I think if we could be a little more disciplined, teams are going to have no choice but to start to respect the fact that we can we can manufacture an entire drive start to finish going four to six yards at a time. A lot like, uh, maybe it might have been a little more than four to six, but a lot like the beginning of the Saints game, you know, hey, if we have to piece that out, if we have to nickel and dime it, we'll do it, and we'll do it well. Eventually, you're going to have to roll safeties up. You're going to have to play a little tighter coverage. You're going to have to get out of a, a soft, uh, too deep look. But I think until we can get consistent and somewhat mistake-free, or at least minimize them, I don't think you really incentivize teams to do that. And I think it's, it's kind of a successful blueprint, you know, say, hey, beat us a little bit at a time until you make the mistake. Well, the, yeah, the, the procedural penalties, to your point, Adam, uh, are certainly affecting the continuity of the offense. And then on top of that, and I think you touched on this, or you were heading that way, you know, people point to, well, Saquon Barkley's doing a great job. And you're right, he's got an, a few explosive plays here or there. But, you know, it's not as if the Giants are running for 5 yards, 10 yards, 15 yards. They're getting negative 2, 0, 1, 55. So if the Giants run the ball a little bit more consistently, then all of a sudden you're forcing the secondary players to come down towards the box. They can't roll the safety over the top on Odell, and it opens up the field. So there's a lot of things that you can do to help yourself, but the running game is a big part of it. And the running game has been sort of Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. As great as Saquon's been, they've had a lot of negative runs this season. I don't think a lot of people are talking about that, and that's pushing them backwards. All right, pal. Thank you for the call. I'm getting ready to wrap things up here. Uh, Dylan, who um, we spoke to earlier, I guess from Connecticut, he just uh, it put to us on Twitter that uh, he heard that Devontae Freeman— I was just going to mention that, actually. You took the words right out of my mouth, or he alluded to it. Yes, I just saw it. The Falcons have officially put their running back, Devontae Freeman, on IR. Now, he missed a lot of time already this season. So, Tevin Coleman, he's now the starter. And they also have a fullback-slash-running back, Edo Smith— who ran for a touchdown, I think, in each of the last three games. I, I'm not yet done with my study right. on the Falcons. So he's going to probably play a bigger role moving forward. And 
They call him Judge Ito because of the whole O.J. Simpson trial, not to get completely off topic. So you would figure that you'll see a lot of him mixed in with Tevin Coleman this week. All right, folks. Well, that's a wrap on today. Again, got to remind you all that Big Blue Kickoff Live here is presented by Coors Light. So remember to download the Coors app. Cause Light Rewards app to win yourself Amazing Giants prizes throughout the season. Again, your number to call tomorrow, 201-939-4513. Not just tomorrow, but tomorrow and every day during the week here. We always pay the bills, That's so the, exactly the number's right. always working. <laughs> uh, but right now for Lance Meadow, I'm Ross Salzberg. Thanks for being part of the show because without you people, we'd have nobody to talk to. So, so thank you for being part of Big Blue Kickoff live here on Giants.com. Until tomorrow. I will see you next time. Have a good one.